mission. Hello, internet peeps. Welcome to episode 193 of Big Trouble Lib Podcast. I am Joe Dubs. I'm Andy. Chaz. That's Chaz. This is Zach. And uh, <laughs> we're doing more comedy for April, and I am up with my Charlie Chaplin movie, The Great Dictator. Uh, but before we get into that, guys, what the hell you been watching, playing, or doing? That, that looks like a yummy water. I never had that water before. Icelandic. It's Icelandic glacial nat- natural spring water from Iceland. It's water from a glacier. Yep. 8.4 pH natural oh. alkaline water. Can you manipulate water now? No, I just feel better. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I guess I'll go first. Picard is sucking, man. Um, yeah. I the news? <laughs> it, but I, I watched Picard last night or two nights ago, and Q is supposed to be in the season, but I've only seen him like twice. And you know, Q used to be like snarky and like funny and stuff, but he was still an yeah. asshole. And this one, he's like a total like serial killer or like wants to kill Picard. And I don't know why. And I'm just like, what is happening? And Picard is, uh, you know, Patrick Stewart is so old. Like, literally, his scenes is just him standing and going, Oh, the Borg Queen, get me some tea. Oh. And that's how he would talk throughout the show. Stop watching it if it sucks so much. Like, I, if you're watching it, you're sending the message to them that you like it. If you stop watching it, you're sending the message that you don't like it. But my dad watches oh, yeah. it, so I'm watching via through him through the app. So anyway, you're, and, you're trying to explain how demand works to a wrestling fan. I don't know is, if that's going to go over well. <laughs> is your father enjoying it? Does he like it? He, he obviously, you know, because he's a little right leaning. He goes, ah, I see what they're doing there, but it's okay. He's having fun, so it's whatever. You're living vicariously through your father. Yeah, so yeah. Which is like backwards. <laughs> uh and by the way the halo show no i'm tapping out no more um so you watched a bunch of shitty tv shows yes uh <laughs> i i'm trying to give it a chance man because like we've never gotten like there's been halo stuff that came out and it's gone and went and this time they were just like halo infinite man that game is supposed to be good and then you see what happened uh and then you have this show where it's like, man, this show is going to be cool. It's on Paramount. Oh, man, they got a budget as early as season two before season one came out. So it must be, like, really, really good. Nope. They made Master Chief look like a chump. And I really do not want to see his ass. Master Chump. I got to see his face and his ass in a matter of three episodes. What the fuck? Oh, you see his ass? Oh, I'm back. Yeah, ass reveal. <laughs> ass reveal. Master Cheeks. What's next? Is Dick? Like, is that next? Master Chief. <laughs> he's 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 definitely gonna hang dong. It's like Thunderdome. <laughs> it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Dong. He hangs dong. Uh, yeah. Thunder gun. That's what it is. Not Thunder Thunder gun. Gun. I heard Thunder he hangs dong in that movie. <laughs> Uh, Cortana finally uh, debuted. Did she hanged on. Yeah, she hangs up mega hog dog. <laughs> uh, but she was in the episode. She was all right. Like, remember how I like made fun of her? Like, man, why does she have like human skin? Like, what, what is going on here? Like, they they edited it for like final uh, 
you know, draft or whatever. The, the thing that got released. Uh, and I was like, it's okay, but she's kind of annoying. But she's not annoying in the game. So I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm tapping out. I'm probably not watching anymore. Um, Games-wise, I played MLB... Um, 22 the show, the show and world war three uh not the real world war three the world war three that came out early access in 2018 and now I it's finally it. got updates uh and i played gundam evolution which is the gundam overwatch type of game uh and it was really fun and that's all i've done and did you play as which 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 Gundams? What'd you do? Uh, I was I don't know them by heart, but tank. I know you don't. That's yeah. why I asked. Yeah. <laughs> Did you use Voltron? I, I was the big one with the horns. <laughs> I had I had okay. one that had a uh, tank tracks and shit. I was one of those. Gun tank. Gun tank. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, it's easy. Something with a rocket launcher. Uh, Doom. Dom Troop. Dom. Yeah. Dom Tropin. I'm troping. Yeah. So. Could, could, be the, could be the GPO too. I think it's in that game. Mm -hmm. And like all the characters like relate to like every Overwatch character. So I was like, oh, that's uh, and Mercy. To Is think. there like a healer? Yeah. How does that work? Yeah, that's that's the only role that I'm like, wait, what? It, it, it just shoots a beam and like you're being healed. It's like nothing. Which like, Gundam did they choose for that role? I want Zaku know. Repair. Titan. <laughs> uh, Repair Titan. <laughs> GM Sniper is fucking cool though. I was thinking it's like some weird like uh new type beam from like the 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 RX ninety three or some shit. I don't know. It's that bullshit from Shars Counterattack where the That's what I was thinking, yeah. <laughs> where they all decide that they're gonna they're gonna help Amro stop I guess spoilers, never mind. The uh this is gonna sound really stupid and autistic, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Um, while I was playing a game, we're well, already talking about Gundam, so it's too late. Yeah. <laughs> so I was playing a game, and I was like, "Oh, look at those little bushes!" And I'm like, "Wait a second, those are trees. Those are <laughs> huge ass trees." And I'm a big mech. And I, like, I was so excited. I was like, "Why am I so excited for this stupid reason?" But uh, I had fun. Giant robots are awesome. That's yes, why. that is that is correct. Uh, but yeah, that that's all I've done. Uh, nothing to. Uh, oh, I got books. By the way, I got I got nineteen eighty four. I don't. You guys ever uh, read House of Leaves? By the way, no, no. It, it, you, uh, Zach, you're into like the whole uh, spooky, creepy pasta thing that's going on. Uh, you were like watching those YouTube videos, like Nightmind and Nexpo and all that stuff. Uh, yeah. Nightmind covers House of Leaves. It's about a guy who uh, finds a film and he like narrates what the guy wrote in his manuscript about a film, but there's like some cryptic writing. I, I, I wish I could show you. It's in the other room right now. Um, but there's like cryptic messages within the novel and you have to like read the, the novel like this and like that to see what it says. It's pretty That's cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. So it, Check out Nightmind. He does like a guide and stuff. If you if you don't know what's going on, uh, the book is kind of huge, um, a lot of pages. But then again, there's a lot of pages which has only like one word. <laughs> That's where the cryptic part comes in. Uh, and I bought this other dystopian book called Swipe, where they mark you uh, and send you into adulthood, but you're being tracked by this mark uh, on you, kind of like a barcode. 
and I haven't got deep into that book yet. So, yeah. Anyway, Zach, you're next. What have you been watching, playing, or doing? Um, still playing uh, WWE 2K22 here and there a little bit. Uh, and I watched Sonic the Hedgehog 2 uh, last weekend. Was it good? Yeah, it was good. It was, uh, you know, like I said in the chat, if you like the first one, you'll like this one too. You might like it a little more, even. Um, Jim Carrey was great. Idris Elba was great as Knuckles. <laughs> uh, and he's kind of he's kind of got like a Drax thing going on a little bit. <laughs> it's, a little it's edgy, like it's violent. pretty amusing. Yeah. Oh, do you mean? Oh, do you mean more like that? He's very literal. He's he's hyper literal and super serious. Oh, that's it's, great! It's, it's fun. It's fun. Okay. No, I haven't watched the first one yet, so I'm excited. I'm gonna watch them back to back when I have a chance. Yeah, do that. No, they're like at some point they're like, oh, he's very one note, and he's like, no, I am I am a very complex character, and I've I've got many layers or something like that. <laughs> so yeah, see, he says something like that at one point. <laughs> um, what else have I been doing? Uh, I've still been kind of reading that giant Excalibur volume. I still haven't made it far enough in to say much about it. Uh, that, that's some substance. I started reading my uh, Gundam Wing Endless Waltz uh, Glory to the Losers uh, manga, which is like a re remake, re redo of the Gundam Wing story where they, they kind of change a few things, rewrite a few things. Uh, I'm only in the first volume right now, though. I'm like maybe a third of the way through it. Uh, so I've, there's not been too many drastic changes yet. Um, it's pretty cool so far, though. And uh, they, they they better explain what Operation Meteor is like right off the bat instead of just kind of throwing you there, like setting all that kind of stuff up. At least that was different. But uh, other than that, uh, that's pretty much all I've been doing. All right, Chaz, what about you? All right, so I've got, got a couple of updates and a pretty good story. Uh, well, let me a little off from just what directly what I'm doing or playing, but you guys will appreciate it. Um, so uh, as far as uh, events that happened this past week, I, I actually had some uh, minor surgery, nothing major, just had uh, some dental repair. Um, I don't know if any of you've had dental work before, but typically the, the anesthesia that you get is a little different than your your typical uh, full-blown paralytics. You get you get things that make you kind of loopy, either laughing gas or some ketamine. You might do some really stupid things while you're you're out of it. Well, it turns out my uh, the oral surgeon I went to go see he is he is quite the collector of of gaming and and uh, of other things i didn't really get to talk to him much but he had like a full like retro setup in like the post waiting area <laughs> and i don't remember much of it but i beat this guy's ass at street fighter <laughs> while i was high and thought that my fingers were made of lightning so uh apparently i don't even have to be in my own body to still know how to do uh akuma's move set so no, you memory. guys would appreciate that. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Apparently I was just like cackling off and singing. And I thanked him. Uh, I told him that, uh, you know, he had me right where he needed me and he could have taken my kidney, but he didn't. So I thanked him. He was a good <laughs> man. Uh, yeah. I, apparently I made a lot of friends uh, in that office, but, uh, but yeah, <laughs> once I, once I got home and I was uh, not, not high off of my ass, uh, 
I I actually went back to Elden Ring. Um, of course, last week I updated. I'd finished the game, but uh, I was still just getting other post-game stuff, just trying to collect things, and realized I was like a couple of trophies from the Platinum. So I've spent the last two days grinding, and last night after doing the third run, um, I did a third run through. I actually completed the game from start to finish in less than four hours, and uh, I got my Platinum trophy. So I, I am like the super Elden Ring guy. Yeah. Sorry. This- Sorry to rain on your parade a little bit, but did did you hear the news that the speedrunner guy like beat the game in nine minutes? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh I, no no, it's okay. It, the, my first my first time playing the game took over a hundred hours. So to go from a hundred hours to four hours in a matter of a couple of days, I'm cool with yeah. that. Yeah, that's good. It's still yeah. pretty good. I always uh, I used to be like a big time achievement hunter guy, and I was always into that stuff. And I still do a little bit. Every once in a while, I'll get out of my way to get some achievements and you know platinum a game or whatever. But I still, every time I'm doing it, I think about, did you ever see that episode of South Park where they play Guitar Hero? You guys are fast. Yeah, yeah. I think about that every time. Like, you did it. You're the ultimate Guitar Hero. You're fast. They said That's a funny thing about that every time. Because the other thing I did was I was goofing off and playing. I decided to play some rock band, and I went back and tried to play one of the harder songs I hadn't been able to beat. And I actually was able to beat uh, – like in the listing of like some of the hardest songs in the game on expert that I haven't been able to play in years. So I guess that kind of segues. I, I am like the ultimate gay because I was able to, to also score however many points and, and, and beat all these impossibly hard songs on guitar hero and get the platinum on Elden ring. Um, yeah. So I, I had a fun time. Uh, oh, and I, I also played in a magic tournament and won that. So I've had a very busy week. Jesus. Maybe you need more wisdom teeth taken out. You'd be like the the game pro champion. You could beat Doctor Disrespect. Every time he gets ill work, he he levels up. Uh, yeah, exactly. Apparently, I, I sinned. Yeah, <laughs> oral saying. Oral <laughs> saying. <laughs> That's pretty good. Anything else? Um. No, I did attempt to watch uh the first episode of Moon Knight, and Disney Plus was being a real son of a bitch, so I never got around to it. But uh more oh. on that i'm excited for that uh just because that that was uh one of my it was one of the comics for whatever reason i had access to when i was a teenager and, and like dabbling in comics um and it's it's a very weird comic book I'm very intrigued to see how they play that in the, the mcu but uh but yeah hopefully next week i'll have an update on how it is real quick uh that was something i forgot to mention that i did watch i watched uh two episodes of moon knight there's only two out right now Ooh, okay. I'm excited to talk to you a little about it, uh, maybe in a, in a setting where we don't spoil it for everybody. But yeah. Yeah. We'll, I'll leave it at that. I watched it. I have opinions. That's all. Okay. Andy, <laughs> what the hell you been watching, playing, or doing? Uh, I just, I weaved out super hard the last week. I uh, still watching Full Metal Alchemist, still playing Final Fantasy IX, still reading Berserk. And I, an interesting observation I'm on disc two of Final Fantasy. Uh, nine. I'm on season two of Full Male Alchemist, at least I think, because the intro changed, I guess. I have no idea. And I'm on volume two of Berserk. That's the deluxe volumes, which the big old the big old thick boys. So I'm on the second iteration of all three of those things. Uh, and uh, just to keep the twos going, I went and saw Sonic 2 as well. I'm curious... Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm in high school. I came home and like got excited to watch 
tsunami all night and uh yeah it's <laughs> a kick-ass saturday man that's what you're talking about sonic 2 is probably one of the successful video game movies in a long time i loved it and it's just like i really want to see it again at some point because there were just so many little references that i caught and I know there had to be a bunch I didn't catch. Yeah, that, that was something I really enjoyed about that movie. I love that when he enters the stupid the the pyramid labyrinth zone, he enters it by sliding on the stupid water thing three times. I was like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> just, just like in Sonic 1. That's fantastic. That was and great. Just the snowboard section. It was just like Sonic 3. And uh, when they're doing that dumb dance thing in Russia, did you notice he jumps in the air and does the pose from the cover of Sonic Adventure? Yeah. Yeah, he puts his, you know, the hand under the leg. I was so cool. Like, just a thousand little things. And, of course, the tornado. They they found an excuse to have the tornado in there. And I was so cool. My favorite was the coffee shop. The The mean bean bean coffee shop. Yeah. I'm waiting for somewhere to, like, capitalize and make that a T-shirt. Because I'll wear that. Because I love me some coffee and I love me some Sonic. I got to. We just need a coffee maker called the mean, mean bean machine. That's that's, that's what we need. (laughs) I also kind of laugh, groaned out loud in the theater when the guy was like, we formed the something union of nations. And the woman goes, gun? <laughs> I was like, are you serious? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh, wow, they're going all, all in. <laughs> are they serious with this? Like, as soon as they say that, you kind of, like, start making some guesses about the next movie. I guess you'd be right. But I was like, are you fucking serious? This movie's going to do that? Oh, it's great. Except for the stupid, like, middle of the movie where they're at that wedding for far too long. It was great. I got really, really fucking bored in the middle, but... Otherwise, it was awesome. Should I wait until after the credits? Anything happen? There's a yeah. mid credits. Mid credits. There's a, a mid credits. Don't worry. Don't worry. You like the 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 pre credit sequence is all like eight bit stuff, and it's like really faithful recreations of sixteen bit graphics from the old games, and it's really cool and entertaining. And then the the cool reveals at the end of that. So I, don't worry. There's not really a lot of waiting to do. You'll be entertained right up to it. Cool. Anything else? Okay. But, uh, no, that was it. All the twos. All the twos. I'm curious. You, you said you. I want to give it to the Full Metal Alchemist. I had to ask. Um, with trying not to spoil anything, has has the really like surprise death happened yet? I mean, several characters have died. I have no idea what you're talking about. It, well, it's one of the more prominent characters uh, that dies. Like it's like the first like m- like bigger character that dies, I guess relatively yeah. speaking. We'll say probably not. Optimus just in Prime. Case spoilers for someone. Yeah, Optimus yeah. Prime died. Is that <laughs> gave this well, Rodimus and uh... it, it's a, well, it's a specific it's a specific death that happens while I forget. Uh, just don't even bother. It doesn't matter. Mom, Ed's mom. I mean, she died. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> their mother's dead. Yeah, that that happened. I was surprised. <laughs> Crap. Well, I just, I, I just want to see how, how you respond. Well, no, uh, no, like literally, like fucking five, six, seven characters have died, and they're all characters that I was like, oh, this, this, this character's gonna stick around for the long haul, and like characters are oh, dropping. No. Left and right. like, oh, that, people the, drop. the writer of the actual manga really does kill his darlings, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Well, th- this particular death is is rough. Because uh, I mean, there's one that's already bad. I guess it, it doesn't matter. It. I don't. I don't want to get. I don't know it, Dick, about the series. I want to keep it that way. Well, oh well, crap. Okay, I'll just wait till you get far enough into it. I just want to see how you react to the scene because it's it's one of those interesting things where I feel like I reacted to it differently as I've watched it like 
in multiple stages of my life and it's just gotten progressively more heartbreaking but uh anyway that'll be fun just bring tissues when we get ready to talk about that i just want a red wedding type of thing to happen in sonic where they're all just like in one area and just shit fucking goes down like game of thrones they had that. That was in Sonic 2. Oh, fuck. I'm going to see that shit this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I got to see murder. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's get into comedy, I guess, uh, with Charlie Chaplin. Sort of. Yeah. yeah, comedy? Yeah. I mean, no, it's hilarious, but yeah. Yeah, let's lighten the mood with the great dictator. Yeah, let's lighten the mood with some Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> Not Nazis. They're uh, whatever they called them. Double crosses, whatever. Yeah, the, the double cross. cross. Yeah. <laughs> the double cross. So I got to admit, I've never, I've seen clips. I've seen parts of Charlie Chaplin movies. You know, I know the iconic walk. I know the, the music behind it. I know what he looks like and, and everything. Um, so it's funny that I chose this movie as my first full Charlie Chaplin because this is the first movie he's, you know, spoke. That's right. This is the first movie you hear his voice in. Yeah, so I've got to admit, like, with the old films, I'm like, I, I get the comedy during that time is what it is. But then when I watched this movie, it almost feels like a Mel Brooks film in a way. I mean, what do you think his influences were? I, it was yeah. Chaplin and, and you know, the Duck Soup and, and, and The General and all these other old movies like this. Mm. Um. It's really written well. Uh, I think Charlie Chaplin is very, very talented because he directs this movie. He writes this movie. He stars in this movie. He also helped with the music. He'd done mm -hmm. everything in this movie. But he did. Uh, Charlie Chaplin is one of the greatest people who have ever worked in Hollywood and probably ever will work in Hollywood. The guy did his own stunts. He invented special effects. He was a writer and a director and a composer and a star. And he was the hype man and he did interviews and and everything. He did he did every single part of some of these like some of his earlier movies. He did like the lighting and stuff. Like he he invented techniques and stuff. The guy was a genius. Yeah. So it like begins with the I'm guessing World War One, right? Yeah, yeah. since nineteen eighteen yeah. at the beginning. Yeah, so the, the World War. Yeah. <laughs> So he's like, uh, Charlie Chaplin's character is there and he's acting all goofy. He's doing the whole, the gunner and it's making a sound and the thing comes out. First thing I left about is like when the fucking missile is like rotating and then it's <laughs> like a firework, uh, thing and it blows up and shit, uh, which leads it. Sorry, go. If you, if you like the slapstick at the beginning of this movie, it's basically, uh, a lot of it has the same feel as a movie he did called Shoulder Arms, which uh. is, I think it's only like twenty minutes long. It, it's a very short movie, movie, but at the time, you know, movies didn't have a uniform length; they didn't all have to be two hours and change. But uh, if you liked the beginning of this movie, watch Shoulder Arms. It's all just—it takes place during the First World War, and it's all just stupid slapsticky nonsense, like you know, getting lost in the fog. I, I love that bit, stuff like that. Yeah, but when it. When, my favorite part in the beginning is seeing that and then like transitioning into the part where he, uh, what's that guy's name? Commander, uh, Schultz, um, is in the, the, the plane and like they do that thing where it's upside down. And he's like, Oh, I'm fainting. And he's like, the, the watch is like, 
float and he's mm-hmm. like i think we're defining gravity like how he does that scene is so amazing uh and then like like you said the 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 stunts and the the uh what's the word i'm looking for uh special effects there we go where the, the plane comes in and crashes and shit that looked cool uh when the tanks were coming out of the fucking hay i was like what the fuck is going on this is awesome uh but i i loved the whole you know him being a jew and then the other guy being i guess hitler or uh, exactly yeah and i gotta admit you know my dumb brain i was like wait a second is did he transform into that but no they're two separate entities and stuff it's slightly confusing the first time you see it but yeah they like the narrator says something about it and yeah they're two different people and of course at the beginning it says uh any similarities between this guy and uh the barber is purely coincidental which is poking fun at when a movie says any similarities between this and a real person are purely coincidental because the similarities between hinkle and hitler are intentional in this case like they did it's on purpose yeah yeah so uh funny enough uh hbo max ruined it because their brilliant synopsis put me on the edge of my seat the whole time uh literally the one liner they have to describe this movie when you click to watch it says Mm -hmm. a jewish barber takes the place of of a dictator (laughs) (laughs) the last 10 minutes (laughs) exactly so when i watched this i was like when the fuck is he gonna take the place like are there gonna be antics nope but that actually kind of made it better because it kept me waiting to watch and and, you know the movie's kind of slapstick at first it's funny but as far as like a plot there you know it's kind of slow you're just watching it to watch just and to kind of enjoy it and, and it's laugh bits. And whatever yeah th- exactly it's just little bits of things and then there's a little bit of story but i wasn't lost about that that dynamic because i was waiting for him to swap i knew like something was going to happen but i expected it to happen in the middle of the movie yeah. and then the movie kept going yeah, there'd be and- a bunch of silly stuff where he's like trying to like run things and do all this other stuff and the other guys like having to put up with stormtroopers and he's like oh, i'm the leader of this country and no none of that no <laughs> yeah and i did i did a little bit of research after because i was curious like how this movie holds up to the climate of like you know when it was made because we like, again it's easy to just watch this and stand alone and think oh, okay well then he's talking about hitler and other stuff and there are plenty of movies that have been done after the fact this movie was made in 1940. Yeah. This movie was literally made was... right in the middle of World War II. And actually, I, I didn't realize this, but he actually was one of the first celebrities globally to directly stand up against the Nazi party. They and... did not want to release this movie, the, the producers. They said this movie will not succeed in the United States and the UK and all this other stuff. Because he started working on this movie in 1938. Uh, no, 30, 38 or yeah, he started working on it in 38. Like, they were conceptualizing it. Like, isn't it hilarious how we look alike? I look like this Hitler dick all in, in Europe and everything. They were born um, in the same week. Did you know that? Charlie Chaplin and Adolf Hitler? They were born in the same week. <laughs> Jesus. Weird. But a- anyway, that, that's, that's neither here nor there. But uh, he started working on this movie, and it started filming September 7th or 6th. And, of course, uh, the 1st of September in 1939 is when Germany invaded Poland. That's when a lot of people consider the Second World War to have started. So it's like he wrote this movie, and they started filming it the same week World War II started. And while they were filming this movie, the Nazis conquered Poland. They invaded Norway. They took Paris. Dunkirk happened. 
And then the movie finally came out, like, right as the Battle of Britain was getting going. So, obviously, the United States hadn't entered the war yet, but, I mean, everything else had happened, pretty much. Like, I mean, uh, France, Poland, Norway, Czechoslovakia, all, they, they were all under Nazi occupation. So, there's, there's a lot of your market gone right there, obviously. But still, the movie did extremely well in the United States and Britain because everyone was pretty fed up with this this nazi menace in europe at that point but it, yeah i mean like you say it came out at the beginning of world war ii but it's just funny to think that they were filming this movie when paris fell stuff like that mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's just crazy and again a lot of the things he's hitting on are you're thinking uh, like again watching it this far ahead it, it it would be easy to think oh well he's basing this on events that already happened he's literally foreshadowing what's going to happen Anyway, no, he like knew right away that you know this like, is just bad news. Because I mean, yeah, they knew that the Nazis were persecu- persecuting Jews because a lot of Jews left uh, Germany and you know came to Hollywood, obviously, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Kristallnacht had happened and, and stuff like that. He later said in his autobiography that if he'd have known the extent of like the Holocaust and concentration camps, he never would have made this movie. He wouldn't have made light of that situation. He didn't realize how bad it was. Mm-hmm. But it's I, you know it's probably good the movie got made mm-hmm. in spite of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because now I, we're watching it with a tinted lens. Because if you try to watch this in the time, depending on the scope of the information that you have, you again you may not be aware of everything that's that's happening until much later. But you know we're I mean we're already aware of, of what happened in the, you know that many decades ago. Yeah. But uh, so you watch that and think, wow. Okay, well, that comedy hits a little differently. It's a bit dark, but also, like, the, think of the platform that kind of created. Again, we're also talking at a time where it does take more than just, you know, a few moments for information to travel. Um, I mean, even the last decade, the way information travels has changed so much. So imagine in that time, like, it would take days sometimes for people to hear about news that may have happened just in the other part of their country, not even in the world. So it, it, I don't know. Just to me, it's it's just thinking about that. It's kind of astounding not even just like as far as his his work on the movie itself, but like there's a lot of bravery in, in doing this. Again, you're talking about taking on a country that's willing to persecute an entire race of people and commit genocide and you know, potentially try to, to, you know, have a war with the world and, and fight all other countries in, in domination. I, you know, that puts someone, it puts a target on your, your back if you're willing to stand up to them so publicly. So I, you know, it's a, it's just a, I don't know. I think it was a phenomenal effort to take all of that in and 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 see it as it is uh, now. And and again, there, of course, there's relations to some of the things that we see now, like propaganda. It's delivered in a different package, but the same issues that they were having in Germany, you're seeing now in in uh, both the U.S., uh, Russia, Great Britain. Um, when this movie came out too, it's important to note there was still a Nazi party in the United States. There was a mm-hmm. fascist party in Great Britain when this movie came out. So yeah, 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 yeah. There, this was before, uh, yeah, because it was pre, uh, it it was uh, before Japan really got heavily involved, and then of course Pearl Harbor and stuff. So yeah, that there was actually a lot of discourse within the U.S. anyway. And a lot of people were either just kind of ambivalent to the whole thing, or people were. I mean, we we started Lend Lease, and a few other things had already picked up. But uh, um, the president had famously won on the platform that he would not send America's young men to war. 
Mm-hmm. I whatever this 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 has become a history podcast. Look, I want to talk about something else. I can suck this baby's <laughs> dick all fucking day long about how like brave and epic it is and how crazy it is that he oh Hitler's a terrible guy obviously. Well, I mean Time Magazine was like he's man of the year and and here's Charlotte Chaplin like no he's a dick ass I hate him but <laughs> well, uh, how funny is this movie? It, it's oh great it's great it it's hilarious. Like I said, it hits like that Mel Brooks. Even though I know Mel Brooks came later and he's or, uh, originating it, but like it hits that slapstick comedy and it 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 goes into that dark comedy well too, which I like. And uh, I want to bring this up also um, is I love how it was written because every time and this is going off of Chaz with the propaganda stuff, how every time uh, what's his name. Heinkel, uh, Heinkel, 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 yeah, yeah. Who Hinkle. is he? <laughs> Slap. Anyway, uh, Heinkel. Uh, when he's talking to people, he's like talking like in a gibberish language. Uh, and also when he's talking to the typists, and that's another funny scene because like he'll say like a really long line, and then she'll like type two letters, and he's like, "Huh? What, what's going on here?" And then he would say like, uh, t- like one word, and she would type out a paragraph. And it, every time they said something along the lines of the, the, the typewriter and talking to the crowd, it was that gibberish German talk, like t- t- uh, sauerkraut and yeah, something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I loved every time that he would cough and sneeze. <laughs> what, no, one of my favorite gags is liberty, stunk. Liberty is odious. Yeah. <laughs> Democracy, sh- Stonk, stonk. <laughs> Democracy is objectionable. Yeah, <laughs> and I like how the the ghetto with the Jews, like they were just talk talking normally, and even the 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 double crossers, the the Nazis, like behind the scenes when they're talking to each other, they're talking normally because they're normal people. But when they're di- you know they're dishing out their garbage, it's like all funny, stupid shit uh, that they're spewing out to people. And I thought that was really well. <laughs> He's like, look at these Nazis. They're fucking stupid. Like, you look at the, the Jews. They're the brave people. We should be, you know, protecting them against these fucking weirdos. Uh, and I really like how he portrayed that. And also to go off on your thing about, like, during that time, I really want to, you know, get it from a uh, person during that time who watched this movie, like obviously survived Holocaust, like made it to America somehow or, or a different country and saw this movie, like how they were feeling. Were they offended? Did they think it was funny? Did they think it was great? Uh, as far as, you know, this movie being out showing that this is what's actually happened, but it showed in kind of like a dark humor type of way. Um, which I, I liked. Um, but Zach, what about you? What, What do you have to say about this film? Um, I like pretty well. I like some of the slapstick stuff. I liked uh more of it in the beginning. Uh, it's like the middle of the movie was like kind of building more on the plot. There was less comedy there. It it slows down on the comedy until uh Napoli turns up. That uh, it gets <laughs> standing. I fucking uh, yeah, love that the, guy. the dictator of bacteria. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was pretty. I like when he when he showed back up, showed up. It was like, oh, okay, we're we're back to this now. <laughs> um, the the food fight they had that was great. Um, 
Yeah, like I pretty much agree with a lot of stuff you guys are saying already. Um, and yeah, like, I don't know. I, it was kind of amusing to see like some of the World War One stuff. I, I like to study that period. You should watch Shoulder Arms. You'd like it. I might. I might. Uh, the, the big artillery guns and all that crap, and then the the fly, the planes. That was that was funny to me. Uh, I don't know. Like, I was really liking it, and um, but at some point, I I'll admit it. I got a little bored with the movie. I think it was a little too long for me, for what it was doing. Yeah. I agree with like, that. Like, I really feel like you could have cut some time out of this, and it would have you it would have felt real good. Like, I still really like this movie, uh, but it did kind of lose me a little bit through the middle part of it. I was getting I was getting a little like distracted. I I I agree with that, and I want to I to contextualize that a little bit. When I was asking, you know, is this movie funny? What I wanted to lead to was, uh, in my opinion, this is one of the least funny movies Chaplin made. Yes. Yeah. Which I, which I hope will put on a pedestal everything else he made. Like, this movie's hilarious, but it's also trying to be, like, thought-provoking and poignant and, you know, political, stuff like that. Uh, like, something like Gold Rush is fucking hilarious the whole time. Like, laugh-out-loud funny for minutes on end. And this is just mm-hmm. like, hey, that's that's kind of funny. This movie's great, but you know, as far as like choosing a comedy goes, and this movie's great. You you made a great choice, Dubs. No no problem, no argument for me. But as far as choosing a comedy from Chaplin goes, this is one of the least funny. It's like this and like Monster Verdo and a few I haven't seen might not be as funny because he made them later in his career and he was trying to like make an interesting story and make it funny. But like, uh. Stuff like Modern Times or The Gold Rush or City Lights. City Lights, by the way, uh, the greatest rom-com ever made. I'll, I'll go to bat for that movie any day of the week. That is the best romantic comedy ever made. No one has come close. It ain't even close. But uh, like the other stuff that he made before this and right around this time is just funny from beginning to end. And that's why when I watch this, I kind of get like, I'm kind of bored. Like, it's interesting what's going on. But it's not as interesting as it could be. I'm scared I was going to get raked over the coals for that. I just that because that that's a complaint I'll have about a lot of movies is like, ah, eh, they could have cut this. They could have cut this. And, no, that's yeah. it. This this was the longest movie he had made to this point as well, and yeah. I think it suffers for that a little bit because there's there's a lot of scenes mm-hmm. in it that's just like they feel like a skit. They feel like I'm watching Saturday mm-hmm. Night Live or something. It's just like, very- this, this is a little vignette. It doesn't really add anything to the movie. Having it there doesn't really detract from the movie too much, but stuff needs to complement other stuff more. Yeah, it's very fragmented in that way. I mean, again, this it is a, it's a it was an enjoyable film, and it is a good movie, and for what it is, and it's just like historically where it stands, that's a whole different thing. But as a film itself, I mean, it's it's definitely open to the criticisms, and the pacing itself is is definitely off. There, you could cut a lot of fat from this movie. You could probably cut almost a third of the film and still get everything you need in terms of the story yeah um, but it's it's a complex film again it's it is more than just a comedy because of the layers that are there but i think that, that attributes back to what dubs was saying it, it rather than it just being that non-stop just like constantly hitting you with just like very superficial just constant like funny little witty things that are there it's it's layered so well but 
because they're and sometimes if you're not like paying attention because of the pacing it's almost to a fault you might just miss a joke that is actually hilarious i had to go back a few times um like just quickly go back because i i kind of lost my way and was plotting on because nothing was really happening and then he got to a couple of bits it was um the one where he's talking um I'm trying to remember if it's a second in command he's talking and they're talking about the complaints because the workers are going to leave. And he's like, I just shoot all of them. I don't want my workers to be unhappy. Mm -hmm. Like a laugh. And then he goes into how uh, (laughs) he's talking about the food and he's like, uh, Oh, well they're really upset because uh, of the food production and the weight. And he's like, Oh, but that's the finest. uh, We're that's the finest lumber we can provide as a finest sawdust art art. Uh, lumber yards can provide or something yeah. like that yeah <laughs> yeah that i i first heard it and i, I know i had to double take because i was like passively going and nothing had happened and that that hit and i was like that's hilarious and i had to go back and watch it i was laughing my ass off listening to that whole thing this and movie has it, has, it's has like waves. has lots of like subtle things it's like he's really vain and then you see the 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 filing cabinets behind him aren't cabinets they just concealed mirrors so that he can <laughs> check his appearance but then there's also like really stupid grade school you know recess level jokes like like his his assistants are called garbage and herring yeah <laughs> i mean that, that's not even clever but it's funny like you know it's funny it's to funny say you know who they garbage. are yeah, it's, well, even well, even like the Na- napolini whatever is is the country's bacteria bacteria <laughs> it's a joke and it's literally a joke on trying to say that uh i mean italy, it's, like, it's like the italian stereotype is is that they're they're not clean or something yeah which i really love that they played up to the the italian stereotype the moment he's on the train he's like oh, where, where are you going he throws a hand up immediately and i'm like oh that's, <laughs> so, the- no, that's so stupid <laughs> oh, my favorite part is like they're in the stands and stuff and they're watching like the planes and stuff and like that's my planes, and then like the they crash. I, yeah, the crash. You're like, yes, it's oh, your. You're plane. right. Those are your planes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, there was something you mentioned about his his speech. I thought this was kind of cool, though. It's because it kind of shows the, uh, like he was trying. I think he was trying to be more uh, complex with Hinkle's character in terms of showing you that he's putting on this grandeur, and uh, because again, he's really just an insecure person. Because when he's left alone, like you can see how he acts and is very childish. Mm. And you see that, and it's interesting. Um, I think it, you, the biggest or the most uh, obvious time that you see it is whenever Napolini is going to invade, um, what's the place, Austerlich? Is yeah. that the name of the other that country? Right, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and he's like, no, we're going to go to war. And he's like, you know, he, he talks in a different way. He's like angry. The way he speaks to his staff and stuff is just very different. But the moment he's actually confronted, someone pushes up, he's like, I want to talk. And like, I actually, again, that was another time where I thought I'd miss something. And I thought, and because stupid HBO max had put that thing in there where they told me he swapped places mm-hmm. and suddenly he's acting totally different and doesn't want to talk to him. And he's acting weird. I had to rewind like five minutes and go back. To make sure that I didn't miss something where they like switched and I didn't realize it mm-hmm. when he got arrested because I thought that the character was different because he was acting more like the barber than he was. Well, yeah, him. I, I, I thought it was kind of funny. I I want to like because I'll admit it. I'm sometimes I'm stupid as fuck. Like the, in the beginning where he crashes the plane, I was like, oh, this is where he kind of gets like become the hero. Like, oh, I saved this guy's life and somehow gets into power. So my mind is like, oh, he turned into that. He's 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 Hitler because of you know the brave 
stuff he did in World War One. So in my mind, like I thought automatically that, but then I started two people like the Barbara and then. Yeah, there's a quick if you you know if you blink you miss it I, I don't I don't know what the oral equivalent is of blinking but like the narrator says he goes to a hospital for veterans or something he's got amnesia and it's just real quick and it is really easy to miss like the first time I saw this movie I was right there with you I was like wait a minute what's going on exactly and like you pick it back up fifteen minutes later twenty minutes later at the at the most but there is some confusion at first do you yeah do you, I, sorry to interrupt you but do you think that do you think that is like structured on purpose in a way? Because you have these two characters that look the same. They're literally, they look the same. Uh, yeah. One is a good guy. One is obviously a bad guy. Is the film trying to say like anybody could be this tyrannical Hitler? So like when you have uh, the person at the barber at the helm, does he make that decision? Does he invade? Does he dominate the world? Or does he do what, you know, at the end, what he does, where he's like, I don't want this, you know, I want everybody to be equal. We we shouldn't look at tyrannical governments like they're serious because they're not. They're stupid. We need to not allow them to have this power. So, like, was that done on purpose for us to be like, well, who's who, do you think? I think so. Part of that speech is... um uh, I can't remember the exact wording of it. Of course, yeah, me either. The, the people who behave that way are are the uh, themselves the unloved or something like that. Mm -hmm. Oh, that speech was great. I would I would actually recommend to go back and read it. I don't know if you guys did that or not. If you get pretentious about it, but go back and read that speech. That speech is phenomenal. Yeah, I've, I've um, heard that speech a, a yeah. bunch of times in my life, and people people like put it over music from freaking. Christopher Nolan films and yeah. stuff and put it on Facebook. Yeah. One of the greatest bitches ever. And they're right, it is. But watch the movie. Come on. Yeah, yeah, watch it. No, I agree. Well, it's funny. I knew this movie because of that speech, but I had never heard, like, I don't I didn't know this speech. I just knew that, you know, again, its place in history was, you know, somewhat important. So I, I watching it, it was great to hear it the first time. I was like, whoa. Plus, the fact, I was like, hi, oh, finally switched places with him. Uh, <laughs> right before the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, the movie's about to be over. But I, I wanted to, to uh, go back to what uh, Dubs was saying, though. I, I think that you're right. I think that he intentionally did that to make them look the same, but I think it was the opposite. I don't think it was to highlight that anybody could be the dictator. Rather, I think they were. he was trying to point out, well, anybody can be a Jew. Like, I think that's the point he's trying to make. These, like, because throughout the movie at the beginning, the entire time he looks the same. And again, if you're confused, still on that stage, you're like, wait, why are they treating him like that? But he looks like a dictator here. Like, That's what they're the trying point, to say yeah. is, it's the entire point of it is, oh well, nobody knows what a Jew looks like because Jewish people are just are people, just like anyone else. Yeah. And you're persecuting people that that just based on one man's tyrannical belief and he has enough propaganda behind him and hate speech that everyone's brainwashed even the people that realize that it's wrong like throughout the movie like schultz is like oh well, i always thought you were an Aryan," trying to like justify oh well you're a good man i just i didn't think that a good man would be jewish like that even happened but they realize oh well good people are can be of any you know faith or or any walk of life and I think, and again, that shows even more so because the whole movie, they have no problem knowing he's a Jew because he's been marked, earmarked as a Jew at, uh, like in the ghetto and, and, you know, whenever he's working as the barber and they clearly know it's his store, they knew who he is, but the moment there's any confusion where he's just in a little bit of costume, suddenly everyone's like, oh, that's, well, there's no confusion at all. Oh, that's just clearly uh, Hinkle. 
Like, there's nothing at all. And just Even, to show you how easy it is. Oh, well, this is the other person. Also, I always thought that anyway with the the, uh, the the German belief, you know, they pushed for like the perfect race in the Aryan race. You know, I thought that was a dumb thing anyway because they're pushing for this this perfect race of people and they want them to look a certain way. And the majority of the people that are pushing and wanting that anyway don't even look like that person. Yeah, so, they, they say in this movie, oh, uh, we'll have a, a nation of blue, blue-eyed, blondes, Super people, and, it, and the other guy says, "Yeah, ruled by a brunette leader." Or something like exactly. That. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was going to bring up that conversation they have, where uh-huh. it's basically what what he's talking about there, which is like, "What do we do after the Jews?" Like, I don't know. We'll get rid of brunettes. You have to get rid of brunettes. <laughs> yeah, that's what he says. He, he said, "We'll get rid of brunettes." <laughs> You're just gonna have someone to hate. Like, it's just it's just an arbitrary Br- choice. Brunettes are the downfall of every every great government. Well, that's the that's the dark comedy like that like at that time I'm like ooh wow I I can't believe you got away with that shit. Well, it's dark because you know what the Holocaust is. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. They didn't know what the Holocaust was. They just thought like Jews were getting their businesses taken away. They were being harassed and they were being you know wrongfully jailed. Is, yeah. is the extent of what they thought. They didn't realize they were being like. You know, I, I don't even want to say it on this podcast. They didn't realize the Holocaust was going on. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the part that like made me go, oh shit! Like uh, when Garbage came in and was like, uh, "We need a loan to do this fucking battle and this thing." Mm-hmm. He's like, "All right, well, what's the one that will accept us? Maybe, well, oh, this Jewish banker. All right, let's let's lay off on them for a while, get the loan. And then after that, we're just going to fucking get rid of them. And then it'll just yeah. Right back. Yeah. yeah. And I was but that's, like, a, that's actually based on a kernel of truth though. There there's actually uh, historical evidence to show that a lot of the financial backing that Germany had gotten in transition of power for Hitler to be there was largely backed by, by financiers that were Jewish. Well, yeah, and I mean, they Jews were, control uh, I mean, all the world banks, right? I mean, that's just... That's, yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I, they they I control all kidding, the coins, yeah. <laughs> Everything's linked yeah. to Zion. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so, sorry, that's a bad word, too. Shouldn't say that. Uh, but uh, anyway... The, the point though is I know that was also a clever thing to actually tie in there. It's a, it's a dark little thing that's there, but uh, the fact that, you know, they, they touch on that again, they're taking the piss out of the fact that listen, Germany, the Nazi party doesn't have any actual leg to stand on it when it comes to wanting to persecute the Jews. They don't actually care about that. They, they would pick any group of people. This is just the group they need in order to get to the stepping stone of what they need next. And they they hit that several times in the movie. Back to the whole thing of what do we do after the Jews? Oh, let's kill the brunettes. Like, that's the whole point. It's, we're just going to redirect whatever our hate is to keep the public away from knowing how shitty their life actually is while a fascist regime pushes through the world and, and tries to take over the world. Like, that's, enough, that's the whole point serious, of this. Enough seriousness. Uh, we talked about how hilarious Hinkle is. Um, there's a lot of really good bits with with the barber though right i I really love i really love they paint jew on the front of his business and he's like who did this and he's like out there cleaning it the guy puts the paint in his hand he's like you're gonna paint this he slaps in the face with a paintbrush i'll never get i'll never get sick of that that's hilarious Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh yeah he straight up was like you're gonna get these hands like (laughs) like, you think about it he's just like motherfucker (laughs) my my Uh, my favorite gimmick Throughout that whole ghetto is every time the stormtroopers came around, the fucking lady just fucking whacking the pans from the- <laughs> She takes his helmet off and hits it real hard to put the back real quick. Yeah. 
<laughs> I liked whenever uh, at the end when Schultz shows up and they kind of reconcile and everything's like going to be okay. And it's literally the conflict is over and she just throws that. I don't even know what it is. She says that large, like I, it was like a toolbox and hits the guy in the helmet and they look around and say, who did that? And he's like, oh, that's my friend. And he's like, oh, okay. But yeah, because he says, I don't, want, I don't want him harassed or any of his friends. Blam! Who did that? Oh, that was one of my friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, uh, it's one of the things they could really cut, and the movie wouldn't be any poorer for it. But God damn it, the scene's too funny, and I love it. When he's uh, when that Hungarian opera comes on the radio, and he's giving that guy a shave, and he does it in tune to the yes. music. <laughs> that, is, that is classic vintage 20s Chaplin right there. I fucking love that part. It's very funny. I get a lot of entertainment out of that part. He, he speeds up. Uh, like, it's fu- like, actually, what I like so much about it, too, is the the facial expressions the poor guy in the chair has. <laughs> he's like, watch again. And he's like, oh, man, oh, I really hope he nails this. <laughs> <laughs> cut my neck and I bleed to death. I wanted, uh, I want to tell you what had me on the edge of my seat and what builds up to the ending. Um, so I love the switch, by the way. Where Heinkel is, Hankel is on the uh the boat and he's doing, he's like a yodel uh fucking outfit, <laughs> stupid German outfit. Yeah, yodel, eh? And I'm like, yeah, take him up. <laughs> they take him. It's like, what is going on? <laughs> Yeah, they take Hung him ducks in his yeah. little duck boat. <laughs> they they take him and then like obviously that's when Schultz puts uh the uh what what is that guy's name anyway the the Jewish guy the barber is he just the barber? He's just Jewish barber. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they call him the barber usually. Yeah, so when he put him into like uh the uniform and stuff and like when they meet the soldiers and stuff and by the way I love when he's like. They do the salute. He's like, "Oh shit, <laughs> you, about, you about to hit me? What's going on here?" And and <laughs> I love the conversation. He's like, "Keep walking. Be no, are we? Do we run? Do we run no, now?" No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, they don't know that Commander Schultz because it, it's not twenty twenty two. They don't have fucking cell phones and know on Twitter that a commander has been fucking jailed. Right. No, yeah, several times people are like, oh, I'm glad you're back, Schultz. Oh, Schultz must have got pardoned. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. So, like, and then that's when it leads into the scene where you get that amazing speech. And I I, I get what you're saying, Andy, because this is, like, his most least comedy film. Like, there's obviously comedy in it. But at the yeah. end, I, I got a good feeling on what he said. But at the same time, I was kind of like, fuck, that was awesome. But I'm kind of sad in it still in a way because, like, you know... Uh, the lady and her father got beat up by the stormtroopers in a different country because they. That's that's the thing is this the bit the end of this movie is supposed to make you sad if not outraged because again when this movie came out in I think it was September or October in 1940 the Nazis are in Paris they're in Norway they're in Czechoslovakia they're in Poland they're at war with Britain they're at war with uh, the USSR. Like, things are really, really bad when this movie comes out. And when people saw it, like, you know, as poignant as that speech is to us in 2022, to them, it must have been, like, outrageously poignant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That the impact of that speech, is it's, it's almost a call to arms. Like, and again, for what we were saying before, from the perspective of someone watching this that has, again, it's not just about knowing that the Holocaust happened. Until the Holocaust happened, the Holocaust hadn't happened. I know it's a stupid thing to say, but what I mean is 
you can't once something like that's happened, even if it's historical and you learn about it, you know about it. So it's happened, right? So there are people that watch this film, like loads of people that watch this film, uh, even you know, years after that didn't even understand the gravity or what the impact of what the Holocaust even was or anything ever like it. And then watch this film without that context and still, still probably inspired by that speech. But then like, the, like think the weight that holds after, you know, Oh, we do have to do something. Right. And I know this is, again, we keep going back to this because that's the thing about this film. This film is way more than just a comedy film. It's, there's a lot to it. So, it was, it, it was uh, a ride. It was a soup. It, it was a huge ass ride because in the beginning you're kind of like, Oh, this is, this is funny because he's acting stupid on the battlefield. And then it gets it hits like mm -hmm. a serious note. It hits those ghettos areas and the stormtroopers and how they treat the Jews. And then you get that dark comedy. And then it hits you really hard at the end. Like you're just like fuck. Like what did I just like watch? Like all that stuff that he's saying at the end shouldn't have happened in the movie. But the movie puts it in a way where it's just like it's all dumb, but you know it still could happen. Yeah, if I had to use like a dumb, like modern way to like compare this and explain it to someone, eh, it's gonna be horrible. I'm gonna get so much shit for this. It'd be like someone telling someone to watch the the like the start of a movie would be a Tyler Perry movie, but it's funny. But the end of it ends with a speech by Martin Luther King about racism. That's 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 like the gist of the movie in a modern take in terms of the curve it throws. Because it does, it starts very slapstick and, and there, calm, and it's it's funny, but it just takes a very different turn in what it's trying to do. But it gets its point across. Like that's the whole point of the movie. Um, so it's great. I honestly, I, I do want to go and, and sit and watch some of the other Chaplin films now because of it's like I feel like I I, I scratched want... an itch for. Let, oh, let me know, buddy. Going... I got I got several Blu-rays. I got Gold Rush. I got City Lights. I got Modern Times. I got Limelight. Come on over. Well, you say you saying the city lights and the rom com thing is good because Suzanne sees herself as a as like a a, uh, uh, a purveyor of of rom coms and city usually lights the one is the she best likes one are ever made. It ain't even close. No, I'm sure I'm sure she has ten others that she would think is is better, and I don't even can't even name any of the ones right off that she would say, but. <laughs> They I mean, admittedly, I haven't seen not. a lot of them. But. Fifty first dates, any Matthew mahogany movie, any uh, <laughs> mahogany, Matthew <Yeah>. mahogany. <laughs> Honestly, though, if you want to watch his funniest movie, I still think it's Gold Rush. It's the remake of Gold Rush that he himself did. There's two versions of Gold Rush, and he did both of them. So it's like it's not blasphemy to be like, oh, watch the remake. Just watch yeah. the remake of Gold Rush. I'm gonna do something really weird. I'm gonna jump back like an hour uh, in some change because I forgot something that I also did. I also watched that World's End. <laughs> Sorry, I'm time traveling, but uh, I finished the the Simon Pegg trilogy finally. There so you go. I'd say that, and we can leave words for what that is after. But <laughs> I just remembered that I did that because uh, our our friend, our mutual friend, that uh, is actually when we were talking about the Charlie Chaplin films. His recommendation, first and foremost, was you should just watch Gold Rush. That's what he said. He was like, the you can watch one. The Great Dictator, but it's not. He actually said, it's not funny. Like, you're going to leave it with a different taste in your mouth. It's <laughs> yeah. a good thing. It's just, it's not funny. Like, it's, it's, and it's not supposed to be. We didn't uh, even discuss one of the most famous scenes. And, like, it's the, it's the kind of thing you could be forgiven for being like, that scene's not funny. I find it hilarious. I think it's like a weird litmus test for how much of a weirdo you are. The scene where he dances with the globe, which yeah. is a balloon, 
That's like, so stupid. It's great. I'm not giggling the whole time, but I have no idea why that scene's funny. Like, if I had to write a paper about why that scene is funny, it would be like, I don't know, eight words. It would be like, I don't know. It's just funny. It makes me laugh. It's absurd. It's stupid. You want to hear something? I have no idea why it's funny. It's just, I can I give you a 10 word essay on why it's funny. And whimsical. <laughs> yeah, it's it's and like it's that's it's absurd. That's it. It's just two words, I guess. There, there's I to me, in my opinion, it's pretentious take, but I I think that there's actually a lot of depth to that that scene specifically. I was thinking about it earlier. And we just moved yeah. on. But, do, do you want? Uh, okay. Oh, no, do you want to hear my sick take on what Hitler probably did with either a globe or a fucking map? He probably came all over it, and it's like I'm gonna have all of it. <laughs> well, according to the lore of Adam Sandler, he is now getting pineapple shoved in his ass on a daily basis. So, <laughs> hell, you're, you're welcome. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know if you guys knew that. Little Nikki is canon, but uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, no. I to me, like it's it is funny. It's a light take, but there's also depth to show. It's I think it's also speaking to the simplistic, childish nature of of someone who's a sociopath. Yeah. Or a megalomaniac. That's what it's actually coming to because he's showing all oh, he's having this whimsy and fun because he's looking at the world as his plaything. Like there's depth to it, but it's also really funny because it's so stupid and childish. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because that room is absurdly tall. That's that's another reason why it's so funny. That room is like how how tall is that room? 30, 40 feet or something? It's like two, three stories. Yeah. Uh, and he's just throwing this stupid globe up in the air like a balloon, like we <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I thought it was it was pretty funny. But, all right. I also like the. I, 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 okay, I'll stop. I, I'm just gonna keep saying. Also like this scene. Also like that scene. But the scene in the barber shop where they're both trying to be higher up than the other. I like that he says he's gonna have glass put in. If I'm looking this way, I can see the mountains. If I look up, I can see the room above. What's above us? The ballroom. I was like, wait a minute. Is that like a? Is that like a ball joke? What is that? <laughs> or the part where. Uh... The Italian uh, Mussolini and Hitler are doing they're doing this and trying to shake hands and they can't do it. <laughs> and it goes hey, on for like uncomfortably long, like Family that, Guy joke long. <laughs> that might actually be based on something that happened in real life because uh, really? there's, there's this footage of uh, Hitler and Mussolini meeting up one time, uh-huh. and they have like this super awkward fucking handshake where it's like they can't figure out how. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Hitler sticks his hand out, Mussolini's weird, and he fucks it up, and they try to fix it, and then they shake hands. Yeah, it's actually pretty funny to see. <laughs> I also wondered if it wasn't a subtle jab at Hitler, because several times when Chaplin is Hinkle, he does this, like, everyone's doing the salute, like, you know, real militaristic, and he's just like, just he does it, like, really, like, effeminate. A little bit. Like, it's just the like dead really close like the, to his chest. It's like the dead fish hand. It's like yeah, you know, it, it, present a hand. He's like uh, here. It, it, I think it's like a subtle, like making him look pathetic kind of jab. I, I don't know. It's just well, another that, little detail. I that goes to the space balls kind of thing where Mel Brooks is like like that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, we're not talking about space balls. I'm sorry, Zach. I love that film, and I I. Fuck. I God damn it. Anyway. I got the t-shirt and the lunchbox and the action figures. I love it. <laughs> All right. George Lucas was a genius. <laughs> Final thoughts. Zach, go while you're chugging at Coca-Cola. Um, I recommend seeing it. Yes. Um, mate, uh, you want to recommend it to some other people? Maybe warn them. Hey, it does drag a little bit in the middle, but stick with it, brother. You know? <laughs> You'll be fine. 
Kind of like a wrestling story. Stick with oh, it. Sure. Yeah, stick with it. Yeah. Chaz, final thoughts and recommendation. Yeah, I, I'll just keep it simple. I'll just say I reckon, definitely recommend anybody watch it, whether you want to watch a comedy or, or not. Just watch it. It's it's an, it's an important movie to watch for history, too. So. Mm-hmm. Andy. Yeah. A huge recommendation. I love this movie. But, but... If you have if you've never like delved into old movies like this before, I don't recommend it first. Go watch Gold Rush. Go watch something else. But if you're the kind of person who's already seen Gold Rush or Modern Times, or even if you've already seen like Safety Last or The General or Duck Soup, yeah, you can watch this. But I, I don't recommend it for your first, you know, like really old movie. I don't know how else to describe it. Because it's not a silent movie, it's his first talkie, but I would start with honestly Gold Rush. That's the best starting point right there. That's a that's kind of another thing too. I went into this expecting it to be a lot shorter, and I'm not saying that would cause me to be like, oh, this is dragging here. I didn't expect it to actually be two hours though. Yeah, I, I was I was expecting like maybe an hour or something. Me, I recommend it, but I do have to put it in asterisk uh, on my comedy. Meaning, like when it comes to ranking, I'm pretty sure I might be the last one. And I'm already conceding like a like a bitch, but I kind of want to put this out here. Uh, I'm not big into comedy. I've never like comedy has to hit really good with me. I'm into dark comedy. Um, I, I I guess I'll narrow it down to what I really like. I like horrible bosses. I like idiocracy, and I love Office Space. Now I like Hot Fuzz. Uh, so and you like Adam Sandler movies. Yes, that too. I mean, happy. Yeah, we talked. We talked about Little Nicky already. It's yeah. the best comedy film ever made. Yeah. So, like, and you like all the Resident Evil movies too, right? Those are comedy movies. Those are comedy. The last, the last tail end of the fucking Resident Evil movies. We liked it, by the way. Like, we knew it was stupid, but it was like fun to watch and shit. But I digress. Um, I, I like the message that Charlie Chaplin did in this. I think. I think if he never did this film, it probably would have changed a lot of events in World War II. I mean, I don't know if this would prevent Pearl Harbor in any way. Um, that would it might it might have. I, I I think this movie affected public opinion. Yes. I, I think I think that's what you're stabbing at. Yeah, <laughs> and when it came down to the, the the Holocaust and all that stuff, like it opened people's eyes about that probably. Uh, but like I. I agree with Zach in the middle of it. I lost interest for a little bit because I was kind of like, I get it. But at this point, it's just a bunch of bits and they're trying to like shoehorn this uh, Schultz kind of thing because they had they have to do the deed, right? They have to do the switch eventually. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're in the middle. They're like trying to do a romance with Paulette Goddard. And it's like, it's not really hitting. They're yeah. trying to do a drama with them hiding from the Gestapo and it's not really hitting and it's still trying to be funny sometimes, but it's not as consistent as it is at the beginning of the end. It's just like the middle, like it, it kind of gets all over the place and it's kind of a shame because he, he can obviously make better movies that are, you know, limelight is really dramatic and funny and uh, city lights is really romantic and funny, but great dictator needed to be something else. And it just plays around with being other things. Speaking of, to do too much stuff. 
Speaking of the girl, like when the father's like, go make her pretty or something, to, like do something and be treated. And he's like, starting to shave. Like, starting to shave her. Yeah. And neither of them even think about it until the end. Actually, that's actually the, the discussion they have during that is brilliant because she's talking to him about how absent minded, she's always heard from her father that absent minded men are the best, that they're brilliant. And while he's doing that, he's just completely aloof and he's putting shaving cream <laughs> on her face mm-hmm. because he's absent minded because he's an idiot. Like, that's actually brilliant. They're going through the whole thing, and she's going on complimenting how absent-minded men are, are thought to actually be great leaders, and they're really smart. But I don't know. They're, I think they're kind of stupid. And then he's about to shave her face. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually pretty clever. I, I like that scene. I just I forgot to bring it up. Uh, so, uh, sidebar, uh, at least from the the uh, movies that you named, uh, I thought it would be worth the note. You know, I already picked Hot Fuzz, and that's fine. But I did have a short list of movies, and literally my list in order from one, two, and three were uh, Hot Fuzz, Office Space, Idiocracy. Those were literally the three movies I had in case like someone was going to be like, oh, we, we, I don't want to watch that movie, or we watched this one or something. Mm. So we were like on the total same wavelength comedy-wise, which is pretty great. That's cool. Yeah, it, yeah. comedy needs to hit with me really well because I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just like dark soul or whatever whatever i have a dark heart and i'm just like i don't want i want to feel emotion i want pain let me watch movies that make me think and all that stuff besides being like i need to laugh a lot <laughs> I, I, I like it all yeah yeah, yeah i mean i like a wide range but yeah mm-hmm. yeah sometimes i want to watch there will be blood sometimes i want to watch talladega nights like you know whatever i'm all over the place yeah yeah sure Nothing wrong with that. Well, and dark comedy is not a bad thing. Humor is literally the light out of the darkest things that happen in life. So, like, it's it's literally finding, trying to find the light side of tragedy. So, I mean, like, that's that's okay. Well, it's okay to laugh at horrible things uh, if you're trying to make light of them to help cope with them. It's a we could have gone there. I believe I believe I brought up Death of Stalin and someone vetoed me. I was just saying. <laughs> I, I would I was actually kind of down of watching that movie, but I'll, I'll watch that. By Watch it on your own. De- De- Death of Stalin is the darkest comedy. <laughs> it is the dark souls of comedies. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, but Lots yeah, I recommend it. Obviously, Zach, what is your pick for next week? Uh, my pick is Monster Squad. Uh, because I was able to cheat and pick another horror movie. It's a horror comedy. It was going to be that or Beetlejuice, and I. I realized belatedly, yeah, it was like shit. I should have picked maybe chick pick Beetlejuice. Was like fuck it, Monster Squad. Oh man, I, I'm excited to see Monster Squad because I've never watched it. No, it's but great. Beetle, Beetlejuice is so nostalgic for me as a kid to the point Same that like, I made it. I made a point to like make sure Evie, my my daughter, appreciates Harry Belafonte. Like we, <laughs> we we listen to that all the time and sing and dance around to it because I just remember as a as a kid watching that film. I loved that film so much. So. You Good know, the three Michael <laughs> Keaton movies that I watched during my childhood and like in order, by the way, because my mom used to watch Mr. Mom, so I watched that Michael Keaton movie, and then I seen the Batman movie yeah. with my dad, and then obviously I've seen Beetlejuice, and I I out of the three, and you guys are probably think i'm weird or something but i like beetlejuice out of, out of all three that's so, fine yeah 
Yeah, it's it's one of the more quotable. I all the time I, I say a nice fucking model. I say that all the time. Just on cruising <laughs> Reddit, see a gun nice fucking model. <laughs> yes, it's three six seven times. It keeps getting funnier every time I see it. <laughs> oh man. Are they making a second one? I've heard rumors that they've been like trying because I know he's doing the flash thing and he's kinda like getting in the motion of doing movies again because that's what he does. <laughs> like he'll take know. he'll take like a a five to ten year break and he's like I'm just gonna do movies now like after White Noise then he's like I'm gonna be uh, Birdman and then do the other films with Spider-Man and shit Birdman great movie made McDonald's what it was yes that's a good movie um, too yeah we yeah, watched Monster- it on the show yes the founder yeah Monster yeah. Squad Monster Squad. So remember to watch that and come back here and we'll talk about it. I love Zach's gimmick. Every time we have a theme, it has to be horror sometimes. I mean, obviously when we pick other things and you can't fit horror in there, he knows how to adapt. But every time we have like these themes like comedy or any other thing, he puts horror and I love it. We did uh, we did Christmas one time and I picked Krampus. Yes. <laughs> you picked a horror movie for Christmas like three years consecutively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. a challenge. It's not a challenge to find a theme that you can't find a horror movie to. We're going to watch all films with Disney princesses, and you're going to find a horror genre. No, there's one out there. I'll be able to find it. Yep. Yeah, I'm the connoisseur of, of that, that genre. I know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, there, there's one more segment before we head out. News that matter to us. Andy is the one that has news about Chrono Cross. So, Andy, take it away. I'm glad you said that, because I had already forgot about what the news was. Oh, this is minor news. Um... I, I as well as lots of other people get up in arms if they're going to re-release something. I don't want it, um, uh, edited. I don't want it to be, uh, censored. Censored is the word I'm looking for. But they did censor part of the re-release of that. I agree. And people are like, I saw people on Twitter who were like they fucking censored this game. I'm pissed off about it. They shouldn't censor my games. And people were like, yeah, um. He's nine years uh, they old. They put pants on a nine-year-old yes. girl. <laughs> like, I don't, is this the hill you want to tie on? <laughs> I, I wrote a file. Like, it's kind of like you know, if you're gonna this, if you're gonna spend time censoring something, yeah, putting pants on a nine-year-old girl—that's a pretty good. Yeah, one, I think. <laughs> I, I actually got into like a kind of an argument about that on Reddit because I was like. What's happening in Reddit? And you're like, they censored Crotocross. I'm like, all right, let me see what they censored. They, they, they put pants on this one character. And I'm like, mm-hmm. and I'm reading into it. I'm like, she's a nine year old. So I'm like, yeah, you want to see a nine year old's panties? Are you a pedophile? And I wrote that down. And they never, yeah. and they never say it. Like I was seeing the same thing on Twitter. People would just post the side by side picture and be like, they fucking censored this. I'm pissed off. Look, they put pants on this woman. And in the replies, people are like, isn't that such and such? She's nine years old. <laughs> this isn't the same argument as like, man, they shrunk, they shrank Ivy's boobies. I'm pissed. Right. No, that's not the same argument at fucking <laughs> all. No, nope, not even close. That this is not the conversation of, we're having. <laughs> this is like if we went to an LGBTQ rally and there were a group of people that were like, yeah, you should be able to love whoever you want. And then they're like, yeah, this is my boyfriend, Billy. He's five. And they're like, whoa. <laughs> no, no, you that's know, not the not, same. No, well, we need to stop having that crossover. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. 
<laughs> like, I'm a minor uh, attractive person. No, you're not part of this group. You get the oh, fuck you're out a, of here. You're <laughs> a felon. You need to go to prison. That's different. You know, we don't diddle the kids. Oh uh, yeah. So <laughs> But I just yeah. I just thought that was just funny enough to bring up is yeah, they censored Chrono Cross. And for a change, I feel no outrage over it. That's fine. You do whatever you want, Square Enix. It's good. <laughs> they did something similar with the Resident Evil 4 VR game. Now Ashley, how old is she? Well, didn't they just they took away like some of the the sexualizing comments, right? Because uh, Luis no longer says, "Oh, the president equipped his daughter with ballistics or whatever," right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. my question to Zach, since he's more informed, uh, how old is Ashley? She's like seventeen, right? No, she's in college. She's she's an adult. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, was, I was always under the impression she was twenty. Why do I think that? She's like twenty or twenty-one or something. Mm-hmm. That's it. I thought so too. Nineteen or twenty. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. So uh, here's yeah. my thing with. She's pretty young. We try not to sexualize her. I mean, yeah. that nine-year-old. You, you can. That you was can marry that nine-year-old in Tennessee. You were gonna get. Not that I want to get political, yeah, but you can marry that nine-year-old in Tennessee now. So I'm just saying, it's it is what it is. So, yeehaw. I I don't know if I have a thing for that, but my fight money. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were just gonna let the wind keep blowing. I was like, well, I just killed the the podcast. Great. I was uh, trying to find like a thing, but I'm like, I don't want to hit the Mario Country Road song because it's like fucking thirty seconds, and I don't want to fill the air with that. But uh, anyway, like I I'm fine with censorship when it comes to that because I do not want to see a nine year old's fucking panties. Like, fuck out of here, pedophiles. Uh. Go play the original copy if you want to see that, I guess. Uh, but I did want to piggyback on that because I heard the PS1 game runs better than the next-gen games, by the way. I heard a little bit of that, too. Mm. Um, like what From what I understand, it really is... And I haven't looked into this that deep. I was still planning on picking it up when I finished Final Fantasy IX. But from what I understand, it's a lot of small nitpicky stuff. Mm-mm. And that's kind of what it's coming down to at this point. Like every time a, a company re-releases games, and some some don't get me wrong, some of them are like complete shit shows. But mm-hmm. I think that we can we can recognize the shit shows. And I think people just want to be the guy who finds the differences on every version now. So it's all like s- such little things. It doesn't really bother me too much. Like one guy was like uh Oh, these text. Here's the side by side texture from the PS1 game and their remaster. And here I did it just real quick on my computer. I, yeah, I understand that if all you're doing is dressing up one texture, you can probably do a better job than Square Enix. But Square Enix was dressing up thousands of textures and gameplay systems, and they have to make sure it can integrate with Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo and Steam systems, and they're doing all this other stuff too. Like, I think there's a little bit more complexity than you're letting on with your snarky tweet about how the, the texture's a little fuzzy. So, yeah, like, maybe the PlayStation version is still just as good or something, but they fixed um, the resolution changing from the menu to the gameplay, and they made it so I can pause gameplay at any time if i put my switch to sleep and they did like honestly the quality of life improvements far outweigh these tiny little graphical nitpicks in my opinion the big thing is is there a bunch of crippling dumb frame rate lag that shouldn't be there because that's always excusable like there's there's like the fog's gone so now the game's not spooky like there's a lot of like real obvious 
oh, of course, the Silent Hill remakes are shit shows. But I don't think Chrono Cross falls in that category. I think people just, every time they re-release something, if it's not absolutely flawless, it doesn't mm-hmm. run at 60 frames per second nonstop, I'm upset. It's fine. The gameplay's great. I mean, there there are times where it's a blunder. I mean, the most recent thing that was released that was like that was the GTA, yeah, uh, remastered. That no, was a whole. That was a total. I mean, that that, that is demonstrably fire. true. The GTA yeah. stuff had stuff that fucked it up. They looked terrible. Oh but yeah. They, 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 I need to be able to tell at a glance if I can look mm-hmm. at it. And be like that looks like shit. It it's it's it does look like shit. I mean, if the game actually breaks when you're playing it, I mean that's that's again that's yeah. that's a that's a big issue. That's an unfinished product that's sent out there, whether it's a remaster or a new game altogether. But in the case of Chrono Cross, I've got yeah. to read some pedantic post on Reddit about why it's up. It's wrong. No. It's, if I can't tell at a glance, it's fine. That guy, that guy needs to comb his ponytails. What he needs to do. Those are <laughs> so, those are the console, those are the console war people where they're just like, it runs right. better on fucking Xbox Series X compared to PS5. Look at the yeah. the frame rate and all this. Who cares? I bet, it, I bet it runs better up your ass too. <laughs> uh, I kind of want to piggyback. My five thousand dollar PC could run this game easily. Why couldn't <laughs> Square Enix figure out how to get this running on a five year old Nintendo handheld? I could, I could play uh, Doom on my Keurig. Anyway, um, <laughs> I, I want to go off of what you were saying as far as the GTA uh, uh, remastered. So Rockstar mm-hmm. is going to remaster the uh, Max Payne series, by the way. Which mm-hmm. I'm kind of a little, I'm I'm cautiously, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm cautiously. They're with you. Yeah. Hopefully, they learn their lesson. Yeah. So I hope. Well, I don't think this is a. Are they remastering or are they actually remaking it? Because they got a whole new studio contracted to do it. Correct. I thought, I thought they, were, they were remaking them. Oh, they're, they're remaking. Full, I think, I think they're remake. making. Yeah, it's not a remaster. They're actually remaking oh, the first fuck two yeah. games. Like they're a full-on remake. Yeah. Rockstar doing that. Okay. Well, I don't can't remedy. Remedy yeah, is remedy. The, the the remedy is the developer. Rockstar is the publisher. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, they contracted the remedy uh, to develop it, but it is, and there's like actual like I guess like loose like script out about how they're gonna do the game because again, it's gonna be based on the first two, the story of the first two games. But it's I don't know how long. Like, are they looking at another series? Or are they just gonna combine the two into one story and make a bigger game? I don't know, but yeah, I think that's an actual like remake. By the way, which would be kind of cool. Max Payne Three underrated. By the way, play that game. Oh. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Yeah, I never did. Yeah. Um, there. This has also yeah. created an interesting conversation. I don't want to get into because it's going to make this episode run way too long. But um, <laughs> at what point do games need remade, remastered, re-released? Like re-release is great. I want everything available on the Switch. Every game I ever put it on the Switch, but. Uh, these games are 20 years old, question mark? I don't know. I just saw an interesting interesting article asking, like, you know, is that the threshold? Like, do these games need remade? They, they're fine. They're fun. They still run fine. But then you get into that argument where, you know, there's people like, you know, Zach and I, we have huge retro game collections. I play retro games very, very regularly. Yeah. And I have different tastes in the mainstream. So, of course, the mainstream wants a Max Payne remake. So, here's I, I don't know. Here, here, I'm going to keep it simple. Uh, and I know they're never going to do it because I know Chaz is going to say it's about the monies. But, like, what developers yeah, what and publishers should be doing is like, all right, 
we want to work on something new, but like people want a remastered or an upgrade version of our old game. So why don't we look at the modders that actually do amazing job on like updating and remastering the games and pay them to remaster it. And like second is. Yeah, and it's like yeah. it's like do that and then you could f- put more of your time and energy into doing something new. But because of the monies and because they want to cash in and take all of that monies, they're going to do it on their own. So here's part of why they don't do that, though. I did. um, I half figured this out on my own. and I half had it spoon fed to me by a podcast. Uh, They've got we made all this money on blank game. We got ten million dollars. We need to make a new game so we can either spend this ten million. We can give this ten million dollars to remedy to make a brand new uh, IP. We could get new writers, new concept artists. We could make a brand new IP. Big risk. It's a big risk. It might be great. It might not be great. It might make a lot of money. It might bomb. Or we can do something that we know people want. We know that people are nostalgic for. We can invest this $10 million in Max Payne. We can remake it, and we'll make that money back almost guaranteed. So, you know, you're at, you're at a shareholders meeting. Here's your options. Huge risk on an, a brand new intellectual property, guaranteed mm-hmm. return on remakes of Max Payne. What do you choose? Yeah, I mean that's the entire that's the entire thought process on AAA games in itself. Like think tanks want to find what appeals to the lowest common denominator to maximize profit. So it makes sense, but the what the artistry of the game gets hurt, right? Like that's that's what happens because yeah. you don't you don't have that um, that that individualistic approach to to create something and have it be independent uh, and unique, um, which we're seeing a renaissance of that, right? We, we talked about that, I think, the, uh, one of the other podcasts a few weeks ago. Like that's that's returning. We're we're starting to see smaller developers come out with these like smash hits. Well, yeah, and if it's you because want, they were given a chance. If you want something interesting risk. like Blasphemous or Hades or whatever, you you got to look to the smaller studios. They're the ones taking chances. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only exception to that's Elden Ring. Like Elden Ring is the first like like pretty large game that's come out and it has just blown the doors off commercially like uh and it kind of helps open the door that that game i haven't game played it well but i disagree El- elden ring is just more dark souls dark souls is safe well i don't know if people like dark safe. souls people mm-hmm. like dark souls they like george rr R. martin they like from software it's just safe oh we're gonna make another dark we're gonna make a souls game but it's open world now so I'm not really. I'm not talking. That, that sounds like the safe bet to me. I'm. I'm not talking subjectively. I'm talking like on a scale of we're trying to. I mean, I know, I know, I know. Elden Ring is your darling, and you know, I don't want to like come down on Elden Ring. Oh no, no, no! I'm not talking about that. I'm. I'm talking about like the objective. Like this game has sold more than like within like what a much smaller period than any Call of Duty game or any other major title like in like the last decade, and. It's not a game that was pushed to necessarily be that way. Again, it's it's not a small publisher anymore. It's a major like publisher, so it's a risk to push a game that's more specific to that. Um, I, I, I agree with you. It's 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 something that's more mainstream now, and that's fine. But I was more looking at the objective status of like it's successful because they they did take risks in uh, the type of game they're pushing because that yeah. that game is not for everyone. Um, no, there are a lot of people that bought that game and then tried it and was like, well, fuck this game. I'm not playing this anymore. This is way yeah. too hard. Good on them for that, at least. They're not trying to please everyone all the time. Exactly. They they didn't do that. Like They did make a lot of uh, quality of life changes that do make it easier for people to play. So it's way more accessible. But they didn't like just dumb it down. And like that was the joke when the game first came out and said, 
if Ubisoft made this and they showed all like the like the the way your heads up display would look, they were just be beaten. covered in shit. Yeah, just covered in everything. Like, click on this and you get your free thing. Uh, get your gift today, and you can go here to DLC and get the like. They talk about all those different things they could add because that's what a lot of AAA developers do. And they didn't do any of that. They stayed true to this game coming out and still being what it is, and uh, and it's and it succeeded for it. So that helps open the door to show publishers you don't have to go that that same bland vanilla route. You can still keep some ind- individuality, and people will buy your game. They won't. Um, <laughs> they won't. <laughs> it, 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 it's it's, and this is kind of kind of tie into like me now, uh, because I have a big fucking backlog, and now I'm just kind of like new games doesn't really make me want to buy them anymore because like the half-assed games that get developed now, like Elden Ring is like probably my next project that I'm gonna be doing soon. Uh, to play that because it's not like the rest and I'm going to be hitting up all the indie games because they actually try risk. They don't mm-hmm. do the generic. I need to do this certain way so that we could have microtransactions and make sure we have a battle royale, make sure we have this movie type of fucking uh, single player, which I, I, I don't mind because Sony does that really well. Every time I play a Sony game, I'm like, I'm playing a really good movie. And it's fun to play, and it's a fun to like watch the cutscenes. I don't mind that, but with indie games, they they dive into like the strategy. They dive into the old school RPG where I'm just like, I just want to get lost into this world. I don't want to be led down a road where I'm just like, I have to do this because the indicator on my map is telling me to go there. So like, I'm looking. I I already found a game that is like Star Trek because I was like. I know there's a million Star Trek games out there, and I played some of them. Um, but I was like, is there any indie games that are out there that are kind of like it? And I already found some that I kind of want to dive into and just explore, the, you know, the universe and all that stuff. It's good. It's good to like just try something apropos of, of nothing once in a while. Uh, you know, mainstream gaming criticism sucks and all that. Whatever. Every once in a while, <laughs> go ahead and indulge in like an indie darling i hate that phrase but mm-hmm. like just tell yourself you know i'll buy a, it's less than 15 dollars but buy like a game that's less than 15 dollars on the switch that's how you're gonna get shit like steam world dig flint hook shovel knight uh golf story you know there's all kinds of like really good games and they cost like nothing and they're mm-hmm. all from independent studios and i mean i bet dollars and donuts you're gonna have fun with it. Uh, a game like these it's just V V V V V V V. It's the name of the game. Mm-hmm. It's like it's it's styled after like um, uh, like ZX Spectrum's games. And I got it for free on the Vita, and I I just played it randomly one day. That game is great, and it regularly goes on sale for like two bucks. Mm-hmm. Like just just pick up. Uh, there's tons of stuff on my wish list. If it ever goes on sale, I just pick it up for no reason, and then you just play it one day, and it turns out to be great. Just just try original games once in a while. It's, it's yeah. you'll you'll be really surprised. And I'm not and I'm yeah. not I'm not telling you people to like stop buying the publisher games. Like don't buy the fucking stupid fucking corporate shit. Uh, yeah, if, you like, if you like Call of Duty, buy Call of Duty. Fuck yeah, it, if, you, if if you like it, you like it. But at the same time, they're all the same if you really look closely at it. Uh, but mm-hmm. I digress on um, that. Uh, yeah, they they definitely are. They definitely are the same. Yeah. One, I know we're going to end it on sad news, but Gilbert Godfrey died. Um, had something to do with his heart or whatever. Um, 
after a ba- long battle with a disease. I don't know. Yeah. Gilbert Godfrey, he died. Yeah. That's terrible. A terrible impression. You want to know how I got I don't know, got these cars? I don't know. I'm doing a Gilbert Godfrey being Joker or whatever. But, uh, but you <laughs> yeah, know. It's it, impression. It's sad because, like, you have him, you have Norm MacDonald, and then you have Bob Saget who died. Those are, like, three iconic fucking comedians that died that were actually. Wow. I just forgot that Bob Saget died. Wow. Thanks mm. for jogging my memory. Cry after we sign off of here. Yeah. So actually, one of the things <laughs> I remember about Gilbert Gottfried uh, that is is interesting. I mean, again, their film stuff. I guess his breadth of work is is great. Um, and I, my childhood memory of him and and all the random movies I watched as a kid is there also as Iago from Aladdin. But mm-hmm. uh, but there's actually one bit that stood out to me. I watched it. and I was like. I want to say I was like 19 or 20. I randomly saw it and it's actually Bob Saget doing stand up, but he is doing a joke and he, it's, it's called the world's dirtiest joke. The aristocrats. Yeah. And, oh, and I was about to yeah. say this. God damn it. You stole my oh, thing. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, but it, it, it always makes me think of, of Gilbert Godfrey because of this, because he gave him the, the credit for it and stuff. And it's such a, a funny joke. Oh, it's horrible. It's terribly raunchy. I, there's I a short. There's a short documentary about the aristocrats. That's the world's uh-huh. dirtiest joke. Is what you're talking about. Uh-huh. And and it that that's where this clip is from. Everyone, go look it up because Gilbert Godfrey's version of the aristocrats is the funniest one. It's the best it, one. It's it like the joke he was is. born to talk, to tell. It's great. It is. <laughs> Yeah, no, it is. I, so I, I, we were both going there, so that's great that we had yeah, the same thing. Both gonna we're going to recommend. I, I'm glad you knew the name of it. I didn't. I was going to say "World's Dirtiest well, Joke." That's the punchline that is, and then yeah. and then they say the aristocrats. The aristocrats. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the punchline. That's punch yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, but I'm anyway, gonna, look that up. I'm going to bring something up that is not a. It's a comedy bit, but it's through cameo. Um, so I go through the YouTube shorts and sometimes people take their TikToks and put it onto the YouTube shorts. So I catch, capture it that way. So the brother, it's okay. If you have a TikTok account, that's fine. I don't really care. Yeah. Uh, you could have the Chinese spyware if you want. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, the brother invites the sister to sit down. Uh, it's during Christmas time and there's a present in front of her. And he turns on the video, and it's Gilbert Gottfried, and he says, you know, Hannah, let's, I forgot her name, but Hannah, uh, Merry Christmas, and he's like, there's a present in front of you, open it now, and she opens, (laughs) it's like, congratulations, you're the world's biggest bitch, and he just keeps on repeating it. And it's hilarious. <laughs> I recommend you guys to go watch it on YouTube. I'll link it into the, the, the chat later. Okay, I might be just like totally hallucinating this, but oh, Gilbert Godfrey, I can't remember if he hosted or was maybe welcomed on one of those roast shows they had, like the one series one they would do on Comedy Central. He was on the was a few times. Yeah. He did normally. Yeah, he- Okay, maybe that was what it was, but there, there's one that he in particular he did. Like I remember, like just passively, like watching it, it was doing whatever else at the time, and it was on. And the, the comedy on there is like scripted. It's kind of bad. Some people are just going for like pot shots. You know, they get like C-list comedians that get on there and will we'll just like say whatever for shock value. And Gilbert Godfrey gets on there, and he's not even like saying anything terrible, but he just the way he delivers everything, he just smokes everyone. 
I just remember seeing that, and, and he like I think he just looked at someone and says, "Your hair is bad, and you're ugly," and it's like the meanest thing anyone said all night. And one person actually talked about crucifying Christ and like tried to like get the shock, and it's like, nope, you just call someone ugly, and it just, it works. So I don't know. Less is more yeah, sometimes. It, I, I'm trying to find the video. I was just gonna send the the link to you all because you need to watch it tonight before you go to bed. It, uh, I already I already yeah. linked the uh, the biggest bitch thing in the in the chat. So I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Rest in peace, man. Uh, Zach, did you have anything you wanted to bring up about Gilbert Godfrey? No. No. Okay. Rest uh, in peace, brother. Rest in peace, brother. And the whiskey's finally hitting because I'm slurring now. Um, too many fuzzy navels. Oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what about, uh, any other news we want to bring up before we sign out? They shrank Sora's shoes. Oh, yeah, that weird <laughs> fucking Kingdom Hearts 4 bullshit. Oh, they announced some games or something. I don't fucking know. So, okay, not, not that I want to take over every news topic, but to, to point out that I'm so torn and don't really want to talk about Kingdom Hearts it is really there. I saw Just so many reference. Twitter takes that were like, yeah, new, new Kingdom Hearts. They shrank his shoes! <laughs> yeah, I'm not even ready to talk about it because I'm still trying to reel over 3. I, I will say the DLC helped, but like 3 was such a disappointment for me, even though it was a good game, but it was, the bar was there. But like to show like wh- how much I, I love those games, like I'm getting married in two months, like our big vow renewal thing. And our theme, I convinced my wife, part of our theme is Kingdom Hearts. So like we're having a Kingdom Hearts wedding at Disney World in two months. So like it, it means a lot to me. And uh, I don't want to talk at all about four. I'm pretty pissed yeah, about the ruining fact that it's still coming out. With the small shoes. Theory, uh, I don't know the shoes the issue, but uh, they won't <laughs> let me wear the shoes, though. I was going to wear the shoes for the wedding, and I can't. Are you going to have a is is four is gonna make up for three how um one of the biggest complaints about three was like there was no final fantasy shit in it at all yeah uh, now they're gonna go hard they're gonna go hard into the final fantasy shit this yeah. time yeah. What's that, bro? that was always the best part i mean don't get me wrong i fucking love going to all the disney worlds but like every time like cloud or squall turns up i'm always like yeah <laughs> now as much as i am a negative detractor for superhero movies uh do you think they put marvel worlds into Kingdom well, that, that's the move that, that would be the move it's like oh it's realistic now and then like they get like the marvel shit and the star wars, star shit, wars and a bunch of that kind of nonsense in there like that would be that would be a money-making move i mean if, for some i i doubt like I, I think i think they got lucky once getting getting disney to work with them with these properties i think it's gonna be real hard to do it again but yeah all that there's only one word they have to say that make me immediately get excited for this game that word muppets uh, Disney owns the Muppets. Where's the fucking Muppets? Get the Muppets in Kingdom Hearts. Get I, them in there. I have to admit, if they put Muppets in there, and I've never played a Kingdom Hearts game, I, I will skip all the fucking games to play the Muppets, because if I get to fucking play with Groomy T. Frog here and uh, Miss Piggy in here... So, oh, that's, that's a really damn good impression. That was yeah. really yeah. good. <laughs> Holy shit, I went me off. Oh, man. That was really good. Yes, I, I love Kermit so much. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, good news. You can skip the games anyway because the story is so goddamn convoluted. It doesn't matter. Understand Whatever. It. Yeah. I, Nobody I, knows what's going bullshit. on. I bullshit. Stuff he, happened. Here, guys. <laughs> here's what's funny. I ignored the story for the 3DS Kingdom Hearts game and I beat it. 
That's the, Good. That's the, I guess that's the only game I've actually played. I guess that counts. Oh, Was that bad. Dream Drop Distance? Yeah, uh, get it? 3DS? Yes. 3D. Yeah, yes. Dream Drop Distance. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That's okay. I don't you know. Need to go back and play. You need to go back and play Kingdom Hearts 2. Honestly, that's that's the only one you need. Like, don't get me wrong. The series is still fine to play, and the first one's yeah. good. Go back and play two. Two is movie? like two is two is great. It's fun. It's satisfying. Like, two is the one to play. You I'll quit play. playing this childish bullshit and go play Final Fantasy Tactics now. I mean, yeah, Tactics is better than yeah, Kingdom I agree. Too, but they're both good. And I play them both. No. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, anyway, um. I think we're going to end the episode unless there's any news, other news that we want to bring up. All right, guys. Remember Monster Squad, right? Yes, the Monster Squad. Remember it's not the Monster Squad. It's just Monster Squad. Yeah, remember to watch that and then come back here and talk about it. Uh, if you notice, we didn't do getting some color because uh, that's because I had mandatory overtime because remember to file your taxes just like the IRS. Uh... I always say the name wrong. The WWF superstar IRS man. I'm just gonna. <laughs> Erwin R. Shyster. Yeah. Yeah. Just he is IRS. Yeah. Look, if you're listening to this episode and you haven't filed your taxes yet, yeah. I, Monday. I can't. There's nothing. There's nothing I can do for you. Monday is deadline. Uh, if you have to do it by mail, make sure you do it now and not fucking Monday. Just so you know. Uh, <laughs> do, do it digitally because you're. Fucked. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Or file for extension, I guess. And if you Lindy listen to the next week's podcast and you didn't file your taxes, you ugly son of a bitch, dubs will find you. Yeah, I'll You're going to get audited, bitches. I'm going to Enjoy you. Uncle Sam's fist up your ass. It's <laughs> all the way up there. I'm going to hit you with my suitcase that has 1040s inside of it, you fuckers. 1040s. Um, uh. Anyway, uh, if you want to watch some Getting Some Color this Thursday, we're going to be doing, I. it's the end of June. And we're also doing our end of, end of the month awards. Um, and is there anything else besides that? Just Raw and the award show, correct? Well, and we're going to cover, I, th- I think, briefly cover some of the, the stuff that happened at WrestleMania 38. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. there, there's, there's a lot to cover there. We, we've, we've got some ground to cover. Yeah. And um, I know me and Zach actually discussed about Revelations 2, and we're aiming for May. Um, to cover Revelations 2 the first week of May. Uh, so remember to watch the Nemesis Project for that. Uh, and that is all. We're going to end up this episode here. Remember to catch it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all the podcast things. Just search up all our better... Uh, I almost said better than... Oh my god. That was an old podcast I did. Uh, Getting Some Color, the Nemesis Project. Um, and soon, soon to be, uh, a podcast to surpass Metal Gear, which, uh, I created a logo for Andy and everybody saw it. So get prepared for that as well. But until next time, everybody, we'll see you in the next episode. All right. We provide the, the, the best lumber for our meals. Yes. <laughs>